From the heart of our nation's capital, here's Family Research Council President Tony Perkins. Welcome to this Monday edition of Washington Watch. I trust you had a blessed weekend. Well, coming up, is China stepping up its support for Russia in Ukraine? If so, what effect will that have? The problem with China entering this is because, you know, you've got the West uh, giving weapons to Ukraine. You've got uh, Russia depleting their stores. There would be an inexhaustible source of, of weapons if China and its production capacity supported Russia, and that would change the dynamic. That was the chairman of the House Intel Committee, Mike Turner, on Meet the Press yesterday. We'll talk with the chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, Congressman Scott Perry, in just a moment. And I don't think we know the full scope. The Chinese Communist Party has torn up all the documents, thrown away the journalists. They've made it all go away. But it is now good to see that the Department of Energy has come to the same conclusion that I did, my State Department did years ago. That was former Secretary of State Mike Pompeo yesterday on Fox News Sunday. You know, we're not going to let this one go. When Secretary Pompeo and others pointed to the Wuhan lab as the source of the coronavirus back in 2020, the legacy media... And the fact checkers almost ran out of ink with their so-called disinformation pins. You know, we were certain then that they were wrong, but now we know. But that should not be the end of the story. People were marginalized and they were silenced. We must make sure that does not happen again. We're going to talk about the lies, the lies of the fact checkers with Ben Johnson, senior reporter and editor at The Washington Stand, a little later on Washington Watch. And speaking of disinformation. The right to vote, the right to vote, to have your vote counted, is the threshold of democracy and liberty. With it, anything's possible. Without it, without that right, nothing is possible. And this fundamental right remains under assault. And that was President Joe Biden in Selma, Alabama, yesterday, pushing once again for a federal takeover of elections by claiming that the election reform efforts in uh, nearly two dozen states are taking away the right to vote. We're going to talk with Jay Christian Adams. He'll also tell us about a new interactive website that provides a tool for voters to help ensure greater integrity in our election system. And this is not the first time that the Southern Poverty Law Center has been connected to domestic terrorism. They were connected to a 2012 domestic terrorist attack at the Family Research Council, here at the Family Research Council. But this one will be hard for them to dodge. An SPLC staff attorney was among the 23 Antifa terrorists arrested in Atlanta yesterday for attacking a police training center. We'll talk with Tyler O'Neill of The Daily Signal a little later on Washington Watch. The website, TonyPerkins.com, lots of resources there for you. You can also watch the program at TonyPerkins.com. Our word for today comes from Jeremiah 33. Call to me and I will answer you and you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. You know, God was making a promise. He was saying to Jeremiah and the people, pray for the fulfillment of the restoration I have told you is coming. Even though it may seem impossible to you today, pray and I will answer you. You and I have the same promise, as Jesus said in John chapter 14, whatever you ask in my name, this I will do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask me anything in my name, I will do it. Does what you're facing seem impossible? Well, pray, and you will discover God's faithfulness. You will see things you have not known. To join us in our journey through the Bible, go to TonyPerkins.com. As evidence continues to build that the coronavirus originated in the Wuhan Institute of Virology, we're reminded of the previous push to silence anyone who questioned this possibility. It's an ongoing pattern from the left, which is what made last week's Department of Energy disclosure uh, supporting the lab leak origin so important. Now, despite the growing choruses, the chorus of voices pointing to the lab as the source the Biden White House says there is no consensus on the origin. Well, joining me now to, uh, to discuss this is former Georgia Congressman Jody Heiss, now a part of the FRC team and a former member of the House Oversight and Accountability uh, Committee. Uh, Jody, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thanks for having me, Tony. Good to be with you. So should it come as any surprise that the Biden White House, despite the Department of Energy, despite the FBI, Uh, others coming to the conclusion that 
Yeah, those folks were right, uh, you know, almost three years ago when they said this came from the lab. What's what's it going to take to convince the Biden White House that, in fact, this was a leak from the Wuhan lab? You know, to me, Tony, this just uh, raises more concern regarding the potential ties that the Biden family has with China. I mean, the evidence is all seemingly pointing to the leak coming from the Wuhan lab. It's something that many knew years ago. Uh, And yet now uh, it's coming out, even those who were saying within the administration, it did not come from the lab. It was not a lab leak. Now they themselves, looking at the evidence, are coming to the same conclusion that, yes, that is where it came from. And yet why is the Biden administration continuing to dig their heels down and say, no, 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 there's no real evidence of this. You know, there there have been speculation for a long, long time of of inappropriate ties and potential compromise that this administration has with China. And quite frankly, the reaction that happened to this seems to indicate that perhaps that indeed is the case. Uh, but we need to go further. I think we're going to see investigations. I uh, uh, fully anticipate to the FBI perhaps even himself being involved in investigations as hearings most definitely are going to be getting underway very soon. This is a significant issue, and I'm going to talk about this with, uh, with Ben Johnson about the fact checkers, but this was used to silence a lot of people, even the Secretary of State. I mean, you had CNN, you had uh, other news outlets saying, oh, this is a conspiracy theory, this is something that cartoons are made of. And in fact, now we know this to be true, but we've seen this with masks, we've seen this with the vaccine, we've seen this uh, with, with a host of issues that the you know the legacy media and 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 the FBI quite frankly as we now know from the Twitter files they've been silencing people I mean how can the Republicans get to the bottom of this and say you know we're not going to have this anymore you know it's not going to be easy I'll just be very honest with you this administration is going to continue to stonewall and try to prevent information from coming to the Republican majority uh, even though they have subpoena power probably much of the information that they receive is going to be redacted. And so it's not going to be an easy task, but it is, it is a task that must happen. Uh, they've got to press into this. They've got to push. We've got to get answers. And you're exactly right. I remember Mike Pompeo, Secretary of State, almost lost his job because he was saying the truth here that, that is now coming out. He knew uh, way back then that, yes, this uh, looks like it came from a Uh, a leak in the lab in Wuhan. And he almost lost his job for that. It was called a racist and everything else. So, yeah, listen, this is this is uh, just because we're in the majority right now, the Republicans in the majority does not mean that they are going to be able to get the information they need to get easily. It is going to be a battle. And I believe the uh, statement from the White House now is indicating that they are going to do, in my opinion, everything they can to prevent the information from being released. This is quite it's it's amazing, but it's something that the American people should not tolerate. We we have got to press the the Republicans now that they have the majority now, slim majority, but they have the ability, as you pointed out, to do investigations and hearings. And we have to expose not just the federal government in their cover up, Fauci, um, who actually yesterday, Mike Pompeo said, went into battle station mode when uh, he said that this came from a lab, when Pompeo made that statement. But we've got the FBI censoring people. Th- this has to stop. We cannot allow this and maintain uh, our republic with this type of censorship. Uh, Jody, I want to thank you for joining us. Uh, we're going go to go uh, to Scott Perry and uh, talk more about China news. So uh, good to see you today. Thank you, Tony. You know, there is a lot of talk about what's happening in Ukraine as China working to possibly draw closer to Russia as it pertains to material uh, provided uh, on the on the battlefield. And that, as we heard yesterday, uh, would certainly alter the the effect of uh, the, that war that's going on. We just lost uh, Congressman Perry. We're going to see if we can get him back on. Um, Yesterday, 
as I played a, a clip earlier in the program, the, the chairman of the House Intel Committee, uh, Congressman Mike Turner, saying that this could significantly change. You've got all the West working together to support Ukraine, but if China, because of their vast manufacturing war equipment ability, that could alter the landscape of what's happening in Ukraine, which I guess at that point you'd have to see the West ante up even further. Um, so we're going to talk about that, uh, I think, with uh, Congressman uh, Scott Perry. We're trying to get uh, him, him connected. This shows that China is our most significant adversary. You know, as we've talked about for years, Russia is an empty suit, uh, but China is a real threat. I think we have him now. Uh, Congressman Perry, welcome uh, to Washington Watch. Well, great to be with you, Tony. And I just heard a little bit of the conversation. And I think what you're probably talking about is the Wuhan flu, the, uh, the Wuhan Institute of Virology, who many of us suspected years ago that was the uh, the emanating point of the uh, of the virus that started the worldwide pandemic all the evidence pointed to that there was no evidence that pointed to the wet market the only thing that was there was the chinese communist party making that claim yet if you said anything other than that you were derided you were dismissed you were marginalized and you were called a crazy kook and dismissed and they hoped banished to the dustbin of history Lo and behold, years later, not too many, but but too many still, uh, we're finding out that, uh, yeah, absolutely, we were right all along. It did, it did emanate from the Wuhan Institute of Virology, and whether it was by mistake or on purpose, and I don't know that we'll ever really be able to determine that. We might be able to, but either way, China cannot be trusted in any way, shape, or form, and to know that American tox, uh, tax dollars went to this effort is just insult upon injury and of course this is these are look the reason they didn't want to say this is meant there are many reasons they didn't want to admit to this and when i say they the establishment in washington dc uh the 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 apparatchik that is the intelligentsia in america the foreign affairs elite because they they have they have connections to china they have uh they have financial ties to china and 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 they didn't want to have the discussion that China is what many of us believe it is, which is what China says it is. The Communist Party of China says that the United States of America is their enemy. And we right. darn well better start acting like it. Right. Right. And, and I want to talk about that. Uh, we're, we're up against a break. Congressman, can, can okay. you uh, can yes, you hold I on? Can. Yeah, because yes, I want to I want to finish that conversation about the Wuhan virus, because we were talking uh, the Wuhan lab. We were talking about that with your former colleague, Jody Heiss. But I also yep. want to get into Ukraine and how China may be leaning toward providing military support equipment to Ukraine and how that or to Russia in Ukraine and how that could uh, totally change this equation that we're faced yes. uh, right now. All right. Congressman Scott Perry, my guest chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, also a member of the uh, Foreign Affairs Committee. We're going to continue that conversation on the other side of the break still. To come, we're going to be talking with Ben Johnson about how the fact checkers are lying and the Southern Poverty Law Center, one of their staff attorneys arrested for domestic terrorism yesterday, an attack on a police training facility in Atlanta. All that and more coming up. Don't go away. Would you like to spend consistent time in God's word? Then join Family Research Council on an exciting journey through the Bible. FRC's two-year Bible reading plan helps you to approach daily Bible reading intentionally. You will dive deeper into the nature of God and how His Word speaks into cultural issues of today. All wisdom comes from God, and He has given us the Bible as a way to understand the world. His Word is necessary in our lives, so much so that Christ said, we are to live on every word that comes from the mouth of God. He calls it our daily bread because we need it daily to sustain us and nourish us spiritually just like food does physically. Start this adventure today with Family Research Council. When you sign up, we'll text you with daily passages and questions that help prepare you for conversations with your friends and family. To begin this journey, visit frc.org Bible.
1 Peter 3.15 instructs us to always be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks for a reason for the hope that we have. The mission of FRC's online center for biblical worldview is to carry out that verse by training Christians to advance and defend the faith in their families, communities, and the public square, as now more than ever, we need to be grounded in the truth of God's word. The Center for Biblical Worldview provides amazing written resources for a wide range of relevant issues, including biblical stances on voting, religious liberty, abortion, marriage, and sexuality. Each of these topics comes as a free downloadable PDF version, abbreviated version, and Spanish translation, along with a prayer guide. To access this written series or to sign up for the Center for Biblical Worldview's monthly newsletter, visit frc.org worldview. Did you know that from as early as 12 weeks, and certainly by 20 weeks, an unborn child can feel pain? Did you know the issue of pornography is growing among women? Did you know that pornography, sex trafficking, and abortion are all linked and on the rise across the globe? Issues such as pornography, human trafficking, drug legalization, and abortion are all violations of human dignity and have resulted in the devaluation of human life in our culture. Family Research Council stands firm on the principle that every life has value, ought to be respected, and has been designed for a unique purpose— Educate yourself on the harms of pornography, human trafficking, and abortion so that you can offer hope and help. Learn more at frc.org forward slash life. back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. The website, TonyPerkins.com. Congressman Scott Perry, chairman of the House Freedom Caucus, my guest, also a, a member of the, the uh, House Foreign Affairs Committee. Uh, Congressman, uh, thanks for sticking around through the break. I, I, one more question on the Wuhan uh, Institute of Virology before we move on to the uh, issue of Ukraine. The And by the way, I should mention you're retired general uh, with the uh, National Guard, so you know a little bit about military activity. But th- this lab leak, okay, so we were told that was not the case. Legacy media, the social media fact checkers. But then, you know, we- we've also seen they've been proven wrong about masks. You know, we-, we some of us claimed that masks didn't work, and experts were saying that, and they were being censored. You know, claims that the vaccine was having problems, they were censored. You know, lockdowns are, are dangerous. They were censored. School closings were, were damaging. They were censored. We now know all that stuff is true. What effort might be put forth, as we were talking earlier with Jody Heiss about this, might we see out of a Republican House to make sure that the government can't silence people again? Well, Tony, you're absolutely right. Um, And, of course, we miss Jody Heiss desperately on the Hill. But Republicans in general recognize what has happened. Now, what do we do about it? Of course, as Republicans, we're always we're always reluctant to get involved in in transactions between individual businesses or individuals and businesses. And when it comes to big tech, they're somewhat seen as big businesses or just private businesses. And what right do we have to get involved in their contractual relationships? But I think the American and the federal government have a long history of being involved, especially when it comes to media, to make sure that all voices are heard. And what we have to make sure of is, is that, you, that the, the government isn't contracting out, isn't subcontracting to someone else the, uh, the diminution of our civil rights, the abridging of our civil rights. Even though the federal government, of course, can't do it by the Constitution, um, they can't just uh, the, farm that out to a subcontractor, be that Google, Facebook, Twitter, et cetera. And I think the Republicans just need to get you know, they need to get right with their place in this whole in this whole arena and understand that they do have a place. And as long as we're involved in those things that we have to be involved in making sure that all voices are heard. And if they're not, then we need to do something about that specifically and especially when the government's been involved. And, of course, from the Twitter files, we know that we're seeing the tip of the iceberg. And so what we need to do probably, unfortunately, is subpoena the bank records for these different, uh, lo- you know, these different organizations 
see if the federal government was paying them. Uh, and of course, we need to subpoena both the, the federal government and these agencies to ask if that were indeed true. But in the case where I imagine the government won't respond as they often don't, and if, if, the, uh, if the outside entities don't respond, we have to go to the banks and see if there were transactions, at least as a minimum, if there were transactions, follow uh, where those transactions came from, what the amounts were, who, you know, who approved them, who negotiated them, what they were for, and start there and then start digging because if I think the Twitter files are just the tip of the iceberg, we don't right. know the behemoth that is Google, that is Facebook, well, that is that are all these uh, platforms. Well, you see, you see the government using its intimidation uh, ability to intimidate some of these businesses. I mean, even so, this with your Democratic colleagues after the 2020 election, calling upon uh, AT and T and Directv to drop OAN, Newsmax, both of whom they've now dropped. Uh, and, and Fox News. So th- there's clearly this uh, this pressure being applied by the federal government, which I believe crosses the line into violating the First Amendment. So, and this is critically important for uh, conservative members of Congress because this is how their constituency communicates now that you have the legacy media that is completely sold out to the left. We're absolutely right uh, about the last point, but the first point about the federal government getting involved in this completely out of bounds, and there needs to be accountability. Now, as legislators, all we're going to be able to do is oversight. We're going to be able to shine uh, the light of day, hopefully, on these instances, who was involved, to what extent, and what they did. It will be up to the Justice Department to to take action and provide the accountability. Unfortunately, I don't have a lot of faith in that, Tony, but what it does uh, do is, is it informs the American people right. that their choice at the ballot box, especially for the president, has has broad implications. And if they want that accountability, they're going to have to get somebody other than Joe Biden and Merrick Garland. It, and, it does and that's expose. An point. It exposes yes. and, and it informs it educates. It is important. Not the whole thing but it at least brings it to the light of day. Very quickly, you serve on, as I mentioned, on the House Foreign Affairs Committee. There's a growing concern of the possibility of China providing arms to Ukraine. What's the latest you're hearing, and how would that change things? Well, I think it would change things because it's a huge uh, global competitor of the United States, and, and, uh, and of course, tactically on the ground, it gets uh, our competitor in China involved in a shooting war where it, essentially it's a proxy war between Russia and the United States. States, It's just occurring in Ukraine. I mean, if you see it anything other than that, certainly it ob- obviously involves Ukraine and the Ukrainian people. But we're in for over $100 billion at this point, And the Biden administration said we're going to be there for as long as it takes. And this really ups the stakes. Uh, how much does the America does America want to be involved? How much do the citizens want to be involved? Do they want to continue to spend their hard-earned tax dollars on this, or try and do things to save Social Security, or how about uh, defending the own American-Mexican border? That might be a good place to send, spend some of these resources. And I'm very concerned, as I think many Americans are, that at some point it's going to involve American service members. We're going to sleepwalk into a war like we did in Vietnam, and unfortunately. Either this is the design of President Biden or the people around him, or it's intentional. I'm not sure which one is happening, but th- there, are, there are a lot of indicators that just don't add up. And I would use the Nord Stream pipelines telling us that Russia blew them up. This doesn't make any sense to me, Tony. Um, it's very provocative either way. But if I owned a pipeline, and I used to be a guy who worked with his hands on pipelines, I owned the valves on the pipeline. And if I want to shut off the uh, the gas or the water to the customer, I just turn the valve. I don't have right. to blow anything up. So it doesn't make any sense to, to to me. But it's very very provocative, and we need to we need an accountability of what we're doing there. And quite honestly, we need the president of the United States to clearly define what's in our national interest to spend this much treasure that that far away in a neighborhood where there are many neighbors that have much more at stake and why aren't they doing more? Why aren't they doing the maximum? Why aren't they doing at least as much collectively as the United States of America? These are reasonable questions. I'm exceptionally concerned with what might happen this spring and a spring offensive by Russia backed by China. Scott, we're going to have to leave it there. Out of time. Always great to see you. Thanks for joining us. Stick around, folks. God bless you. Stick around. We're back after this. 
Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15 week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org slash internships to apply. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design. Men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com. Welcome back to Washington Watch. I'm your host, Tony Perkins. Good to have you with us. In a breaking story, the Daily Signal is reporting today that a staff attorney at the Southern Poverty Law Center was arrested yesterday on terrorism charges. Authorities allege he took part in a riot outside Atlanta in which there was a staggering level of violence, including uh, firebombs thrown at police. Now, the SPLC is notorious for labeling Christian organizations as uh, hate groups. Just last month, we discussed how their rhetoric was used by the FBI when considering investigations of conservative Catholic churches. I wonder if the Biden administration, Department of Justice, Democrats will disavow these actions of this group. Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is Tyler O'Neill, who reported this for The Daily Signal, where he is the managing editor. He also wrote the book on the SPLC, literally. He's the author of Making Hate Pay, The Corruption of the Southern Poverty Law Center. Tyler, welcome back to the program. Hey, my pleasure. Thanks for having me. All right. So just uh, explain for our viewers and listeners what's been going on in uh, Atlanta. Yeah. So in Atlanta on Sunday, uh, authorities detained 35 people and charged 23 of them with domestic terrorism following a riot. Now, this was a protest uh, against Cop City where uh, these protesters were saying that a new training facility that the Atlanta Police Department was constructing represents a militarization of police in the area. And, you know, this protest, at first it, it was a protest, I believe, but then, of course, they threw on the masks, they were dressed in black block, and they started throwing rocks, they started throwing Molotov cocktails, and they started throwing fireworks. And it's uh, almost a miracle that these police officers were not injured. Uh, but this is, you know, this is a very serious attack. And among those arrested was a certain individual by the name of Tom Jurgens. Uh, according to the DeKalb County Jail, it is uh, Thomas Webb Jurgens. And he also appears on the Georgia State Bar website, where he's listed as an active member in good standing. And this is, you know, this is an SPLC attorney. He works at the Southern Poverty Law Center, an organization that has defended, that has carried water for Antifa in the past, and that has received information from self-described anti-fascist operators. Has the SPLC uh, released any statement regarding uh, Jurgen's arrest? 
No, the SPLC has not responded to requests for comment on the issue. And I also reached out to SPLC allies, uh, the American Universities Apparel is what they call it. It's a project on extremism, and they work very closely with the SPLC. They have not commented. Neither has the Council on American-Islamic Relations, which often works with the SPLC. And I reached out to the Georgia State Bar to hear what the next process is there. I believe what will happen is as soon as, if this individual is convicted of domestic terrorism, then he will no longer be in good standing. They will most certainly take action against him. So any reaction from the uh, the Biden White House? I mean, the Biden administration often cites the SPLC, especially when it comes to labeling of uh, the so-called hate groups. Yeah, so the Biden White House has yet to comment on the issue as well. And in fact, the Biden, you know, the FBI under Biden decided to rescind the memo, the Richmond FBI memo, citing the SPLC on the specific hate group accusation against what they term radical traditional Catholics. Now, some of these organizations may actually, you know, espouse um, some sort of anti-Semitic content. I believe I have seen some evidence of that. But the problem is the SPLC is so discredited when it comes to the hate group accusation. They have legitimately mainstream organizations on there, such as Alliance Defending Freedom, such as the Family Research Council, such as the Center for Security Policy and Center for Immigration Studies. Um, You know, the SPLC, and besides, the FBI has no grounds citing the SPLC when the the SPLC hate map inspired an act of terrorism there at the Family Research Council in 2012. And the man actually confessed to terrorism um, right. and was the first person convicted of terrorism charges. And, and, and the, the standard is not objective, it's subjective, and they even acknowledge that themselves. I, I don't understand how they can continue to have credibility with the media that makes reference to them and their hate list and their list of uh, terrorist uh, you know, domestic terrorist groups when, you know, they've had all these internal issues and now they have, I mean, they're, you know, they talk about other groups being hate groups, they're the ones actually now engaging in violence, attacking police. Yeah, and the fact that they haven't condemned it really speaks volumes. And I, you know, I don't believe that the SPLC itself would necessarily, you know, support this kind of attack. But we we have yet to, to see a statement from them on this. And it's very clear from the Georgia State Bar and from the DeKalb County jail records that this is the man that the SPLC has has hired. Oh, I, 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 I mean, it's there's some culpability here that they would even hire someone. I mean, this is not just a mail process. This isn't a clerk that works in the mail room or a janitor. This is a, this is a staff attorney, an educated person who should know what the organization stands for. In fact, I think he does, because they are a a violent extremist group in terms of what they're promoting with their reckless labeling of other organizations. Tyler, we're out of time. Always great to see you. Great work, as always, and uh, keep it up. Thanks. Glad to be here. All right. Well, coming up, the president went to uh, Alabama over the weekend, continuing his push for legislation to take over elections in America. We're going to talk about it. Don't go away. What is biblical masculinity? In our culture of gender confusion, there aren't many examples of godly manhood. Men, husbands, and fathers need to find a model of godly manhood, leadership, and strength. But where can they find it in our culture? Stand Courageous Men's Ministry was created to help men find this model of godly manhood and to develop a strong biblical character, cultivate positive habits, build and rebuild relationships, and make commitments that will move men closer to God's good purpose and design men who will stand courageous. Join us at a Stand Courageous Men's Conference to discuss critical aspects of masculinity. These conferences are led by men who understand the issues men face. They unpack our role as a defender, provider, instructor, and battle buddy so that we can make an influence as a chaplain inside and outside the home. Learn more and find a Stand Courageous event near you at StandCourageous.com.
With the increase in tech censorship of conservatives and Christians, Family Research Council created a tech subscription platform to be sure we don't go completely dark due to censorship. It is important to us that we stay connected with you and that you stay informed. So if we get canceled, you can still access updates on faith, family, and freedom. How? Just text STAND to 67742 to sign up for our text alerts, and you will get FRC's content straight to your phone. Again, just text STAND to 67742, and you will get alerts on the biggest stories of the day. With just a simple text, always have access to our content and stay informed and connected with like-minded community. Text STAND to 67742. That's STAND to 67742. Are you a university student? Do you know a university student, specifically one who wants to grow as a Christian leader to positively influence public policy and the culture? Look no further. Family Research Council has a life-changing 12 to 15-week internship program that has prepared and equipped students to take the next step in their professional journey. With a speaker series focusing on careers and callings, lectures from prominent conservative leaders, and weekly biblical worldview training, students will grow in personal and professional development. Interns have the opportunity to work in policy, communications, event planning, and more. They will gain real-world experience working directly with our experts who will guide them in pursuing careers of influence so that they can make a difference wherever God calls. This paid internship offers fully funded housing in the heart of downtown D.C., giving you the chance to experience our nation's capital. Visit frc.org internships to apply. Tony Perkins, and this is Washington Watch, the website TonyPerkins.com. Yesterday, President Biden was in Selma, Alabama, once again pushing for a federal takeover elections, saying he would stop at nothing. I made it clear I will not let a filibuster obstruct the sacred right to vote, the right of any other right to vote from there. Interestingly, President Biden pointed to the election reform efforts that have taken place in nearly two dozen states over the last uh, two and a half years as evidence the right to vote is under attack. Really? Well, joining me now to discuss this and more is J. Christian Adams, president of the Public Interest Legal Foundation. J. Christian Adams, welcome to Washington Watch. Hi, Tony. All right, so uh, the president's not letting go of this narrative that the states that are working to restore integrity to our election system are actually taking people's right to vote away. Yeah, this record has been uh, skipping and playing on repeat for the last 15 years or so, ever since Georgia voter ID in 2005 when I was at the Justice Department. And all it is, Tony, is a attempt to stoke up their base, to give them a reason to vote, to make people like President Biden more, who currently polls show his support among black voters is pretty bad. It's almost uh, 60%, which is unheard of for a Democrat president. There, it's never been easier to register. It's never been easier to vote than it is in 2023. So this is a case of just deceiving people, frankly. But, but it is getting harder to cheat, is it not? Well, in some ways it's getting harder because states are cracking down, but in other ways it's getting easier because states like Nevada and others are doing automatic mail-outs to people who don't even request ballots. So I guess it all depends on where you are. Some places it's harder to cheat. Other, other places like California and Nevada, it's actually getting easier. But if President Biden and the Democrats had their way with their so-called election reforms eff- efforts, it would be easy to cheat everywhere. Yeah, because it would federalize uh, the rules. That's one of the great things about America is every state gets to decide how to run their elections. It's part of the founders' brilliant design for the country to give states power over the election, not give a centralized authority, because they saw how that worked out with kings, and it doesn't work so good. They wanted power to be decentralized. You now have a interactive uh, tool on a database that uh, you created that will help citizens in, in the various states ensure that uh, election abuses are addressed. Tell us about it. Well, this has been a multi-year project. We, years ago, started out by building a database. Remember, President Trump actually appointed me to the Presidential Advisory Commission on Election Integrity, 
And one of the things we were going to do is get all the voter rolls from around the country and amalgamate them, glue them together, so we could see who was uh, registered in multiple states, who had died, who had voted more than once. Well, that got blown up when the left sued us. So what the Public Interest Legal Foundation did is we went out and did it ourselves. And so this interactive map is one of the end products of having this database where we can see who's registered in multiple states, who's registered multiple times. A lot of folks have tried this, but I don't think they've put the kind of money into it that we did to get it right. That's the key, is you have to get it right. In some states, there's blind spots, like Wisconsin. You can't get full dates of birth in Wisconsin from the from the voter rolls, so you can't figure out who's really who, and you, you get a lot of false positives. But in the places we did have the data, we did a good job. So you have found more than 317,000 deceased registrants uh, on the voter rolls, more than uh, almost 459,000 interstate duplicates. What do you hope will come from this? What can be done with it? Well, one of the things that can be done is we're suing Michigan Secretary of State Jocelyn Benson, who refused to act on this information when we got it. We sent it to her. We drove it to her. We mailed it to her, we emailed it to her, we visited, or at least tried to visit with her about it, and she didn't do anything. So under the Motor Voter Law, the National Voter Registration Act, Public Interest Legal Foundation is suing the Secretary of State of Michigan for having 25,000 registrants active on the rolls uh, and just not doing anything about it. So we use this database to actually develop litigation. How can folks access this and, and what can they do with it practically to, to help in this effort that you're undertaking to make sure that our elections are free and they're fair and they have integrity? Well, you can look at your state at publicinterestlegal.org. That's publicinterestlegal.org. There's a interactive screen there uh, that you can look at your state, uh, unless, of course, it's one of the states like Wisconsin that don't have full dates of birth. So, um, you know, th- there's tools available for you to see uh, what, in fact, is going on in your backyard. Let me go to the the other the bigger issue that we were talking about just a moment ago with President Biden criticizing these states that have been taking on uh, election integrity measures, mostly almost totally in red states that have been advancing this. Are we better off in uh, in 2023 as we go into 2024 than we were in 2020 as it pertains to the integrity of our election system? Well, once again, that's a mixed bag. In places like Florida, uh, South Carolina, Georgia, the 21 other states or so that banned private payoffs to election officials, uh, we are better off in those states. Unfortunately, places like Wisconsin, Michigan, Pennsylvania, we are not better off. In fact, in Michigan, we're much worse off. Uh, I would probably say the same thing about Wisconsin. Uh, So in some states, it's gotten better, and in some states, it's gotten worse. So a lot of work still to be done. But a part of it is the blue states where you have those like Joe Biden from his party really don't want the system to be easy to vote, but hard to cheat. Or even follow the law. You mentioned President Biden's home state of Delaware. The Public Interest Legal Foundation had to bring a lawsuit last year because they had automatic vote by mail and they had same day voter registration, both of which violated the Delaware Constitution. So we had to bring a lawsuit. We we won in the Delaware Supreme Court and had those two unconstitutional election practices struck down. And so that's one of the big challenges, Tony, going forward is to enforce the rule of law. Yeah, that's an important binding force in this nation. And when states don't follow their own laws, it only creates more division and doubt about the elections. We don't have a republic without the enforcement of the law. And we're seeing this lawlessness on our streets. We're seeing it in our courtrooms. We're seeing it in the halls of government. It's uh, it's alarming. But we have tools like this to use, and we all have to use our voice, and we have to be involved in the, in the process. Jay Christian Adams, always great to see you. Thanks for the great work that yeah. you guys do. Thanks a lot, Tony. All right, good to see you. So check that out. Go to TonyPerkins.com. You can follow the links over and see how your state fares. And this is the kind of stuff, just information, you can point to elected officials saying, hey, we need to fix this. Will you address this? Information is, uh, is, is power. So we need to not just, you know, hey, we need to fix this, but point to specific problems where you have 
voter rolls that haven't been cleaned up. You have a lot of deceased people that are still on the rolls. That is open to manipulation and misuse. So check it out. Go to TonyPerkins.com. All right, we've been uh, discussing the origins of COVID on on this program, talking about that earlier, because discovering the truth is important and it's necessary. But it also provides a unique lens to consider the legacy media and their coverage, not just on COVID, but on many stories where, frankly, they get it wrong. In fact, this program has been flagged for stating various facts and opinions. This covers everything from mask mandates to whether a man can get pregnant. Yet one of the primary sources of misinformation comes from online self-described fact-checkers. Well, Ben Johnson recently published a terrific piece detailing how legacy media's approach to fact-checking distorts the truth when not telling outright lies. And I encourage you to read it. You can go to WashingtonStand.com or go to TonyPerkins.com, follow the links over at Washington Stand. Great source of information. Well, join me now to discuss this and more is Ben Johnson, senior reporter and editor at The Washington Stand. Ben, welcome back to Washington Watch. Thank you so much, Tony. All right. So uh, this issue of the fact checkers and, you know, we really what launched this in cons- being, uh, you know, looking at this more in depth is the fact that so many people were flagged for linking the coronavirus to the Wuhan lab. And now we know the Department of Energy, the FBI saying, yeah, yeah, that that's the case. So where do these fact checkers get off thinking they are the only source and labeling anyone else that has a competing or a contrary idea as being a conspiracy theorist? Well, most of it comes from either Facebook or the FBI. Uh, the federal government itself as well had a backdoor into Twitter where they could flag certain accounts or posts, and they either wanted those posts taken down or would the accounts completely banned or at least de-emphasized in shadow ban if they said something that violated uh, Dr. Fauci's most recent dictates. So that was true throughout the pandemic. And uh, you see this constant changing, like a party line in the old Soviet days. Uh, The best example was Glenn Kessler of the Washington Post. Kessler, at one point, uh, actually chided Senator Ted Cruz about the origins of the virus. Ted Cruz had said this may have come from China, and he said it was, quote-unquote, impossible. A few months into the Biden administration, suddenly the narrative changed. He wrote a, a piece titled, quote, How the Wuhan Lab Theory Suddenly Became Credible, And the information that he was citing dated all the way back to July of 2020. Uh, Ultimately, there were reporters with NBC and the New York Times to let the cat out of the bag. They said, we didn't believe it because Mike Pompeo told us and he's connected to President Donald Trump. So just because it was conservative, they automatically dismissed it outright. That's exactly right. And they admitted as much. They said we couldn't trust the Trump administration. And ultimately, they went back to the same underlying data that the Trump administration used. But, Ben, it's not just the Wuhan lab and the coronavirus that um, the fact checkers have been wrong on. Uh, We saw, and and you detail this in your piece, it's a quite lengthy piece, and you go through several examples, although not uh, totally exhaustive because the list is too long. But uh, Senator Rand Paul, I mean, YouTube suspended him because he said that uh, most of the masks that you get over the counter don't work. They don't prevent infection. Have we not just recently seen a a, a collabor or a, a a mega study that shows that in fact masks don't work? Well, we've seen that, and in fact, the CDC has admitted as much. Uh, Rochelle Walensky came out and said these cloth masks are no longer mandatory, and in fact, they won't do what they needed to do, which is what uh, Dr. Fauci said at the beginning of the pandemic. He said that masks would not uh, be very helpful. And uh, later on, he said he changed his tune because he was trying to make sure that that material was available, PPE was available for people who were in the medical healing industry. So uh, he more or less admitted he was the source of disinformation on that one. But uh, we've had studies that have verified this well before the pandemic. In 2015, there was a uh, British medical journal study which found, and I quote, that uh, cloth masks present zero percent filtration of viruses and may result in increased risk of infection. So wearing a cloth mask may be worse than doing nothing. The CDC actually later on cited a study where they said you should you should use masks. And when I read the underlying study, it said that cloth masks may reduce the transmission of viruses 17 percent or they may increase the transmission of viruses 17 percent. 
That was the uh, information they were using to promote their mask mandates. I mean, and, and the list goes on. You have the Hunter Biden laptop, Obamacare, Planned Parenthood. I mean, the, the, the list is, just goes on and on. But let me ask you, what happens when they label something as being disinformation, the fact checkers say this is false or partially true? What happens to those individuals and their ability to communicate? Well, for that post, we know, according to uh, Facebook, they reduce about 80% of its visibility. So instead of uh, a complete ban, you only get to reach about one in five of people who would have seen it and who, in fact, followed you specifically so they could follow your feed. They want the information that you bring. Uh, for example, like uh, the Washington Stand and FRC, we bring a perspective you don't find anywhere else, certainly not NBC or New York Times. So. Uh, they follow specifically for this information, and yet they are essentially censored from sharing it with a vast lion's share of their audience. So this has an effect. I mean, this is significant when they are the the umpires, if you will, of what is true and what is not. And we've seen it's not just one example. It's multiple examples of where they are absolutely wrong. Would it not be a better pro approach, Ben, to just to let people have a conversation and let individuals determine whether or not this source or that source is credible? Well, that's certainly what Thomas Jefferson thought, uh, one of the, of course, founding fathers. He believed that uh, ultimately everyone should have a voice and the truth will out. The American people are wise enough, intelligent enough that if you allow all perspectives to be heard, people will eventually understand which one is true and which one is false. So uh, that's very much an American perspective. It's the founding perspective. And uh, it should be the, the very basis of our rational discourse, our debate. We understand that people have been gifted by God with rationality. They can sort through claims. And ultimately, they are all adults. Uh, they have the ability to come to their own conclusions. Uh, that's not the perspective of uh, the left. Uh, ben Johnson, what, what are you working on at the stand uh, today that people might want to take a look at? Well, uh, in part, I'm going to be talking about uh, some introduction of uh, legislation to change the trade status for China to revoke its most favored nation status trade policies, uh, which have gone back all the way back into the 1980s. And uh, in fact, China just uh, announced that it's going to increase its military budget once again by about 7 percent. They're getting the money. Wow. All right, Ben Johnson, good to see you. Thanks so much for uh, joining us today. Great piece on the fact checkers. Thank you so much. And folks, check it out. You can go to TonyPerkins.com, and uh, there's links there. You can also go to TheWashingtonStand.com. And if you're not already on the list to, to get the daily uh, alert from The Washington Stand, you can sign up there as well and be getting news and information, news and commentary from a biblical perspective. Again, that's TheWashingtonStand.com. All right, thanks for joining me on this Monday. And until next time, let me leave you once again with the encouraging words of the Apostle Paul found in Ephesians 6, where he says, when you've done everything you can do, when you've prayed, when you've prepared, and when you've taken your stand, by all means, keep standing. Washington Watch with Tony Perkins is brought to you by Family Research Council and is entirely listener-supported. Portions of the show discussing candidates are brought to you by Family Research Council Action. For more information on anything you've heard today or to find out how you can partner with us in our ongoing efforts to promote faith, family, and freedom, visit TonyPerkins.com. Also, to leave a comment about Washington Watch, call our watch line at 1-866-372-7234. That's 1-866-372-7234.